Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Richard Davies. And before we start the show, I'm asking you for a little iTunes love. If you enjoy listening to us, then please rate and review us. How do we fix it? Thanks. What if we had a show about solutions? Not the same old left versus right. I am right, I'm right. and you are wrong. Yeah, Boring. <laughs> yeah, something new. Yeah, something new. How to make the world a better place. Yeah. How, How do, do we, we fix, fix it? it? How do we fix it? Hey, Jim, somebody was asking me the other day, do I have a favorite episode? And I think we both came up with the same answer from the early shows, didn't we? Free Range Kids. I mean, we love all our episodes equally. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but, um, but one of the early ones we did that really encouraged us that this idea of how do we fix it could really mean something was Lenora Skenazy. She leads this Free Range Kids movement, which is all about getting away from all the helicopter parenting and the intense paranoia about abduction and, and other fears that are wildly overblown in our society and giving kids some freedom to be kids. She's the author of Free Range Kids, Giving Our Children the Freedom We Had Without Going Nuts. And uh, the, the inspiration for this movement came out of an experience that she had on the New York subway with one of her kids. So well, actually, she wasn't there. She let the she let her nine year old ride the subway alone. She wrote a column about it in the uh, in the New York Sun, and it kicked off a nationwide conversation. People thought she was the world's worst mother. You know, we think that she's really onto something. The pendulum has swung way too far towards overprotectiveness with children, and and I, I think she makes a great case. Okay, let's go back and, and rejoin that show. So it all went back to that first newspaper article that you wrote. Mm -hmm. um, did you expect the reaction you got? <laughs> you know, I'm a newspaper columnist by trade, and I wish every column I wrote was examined, discussed, and started a worldwide movement. But uh, actually, it was just that one. And you, you put your nine-year-old son on the train, on the yes, subway. I did. In the world's biggest city, a place that people who live outside <laughs> think is full of criminals. Right. I, I sent him down to hell <laughs> with, a, with a Metro card. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. were you worried when you did that? You know, it's, it's kind of hard to remember. Um, but he here's the point. I would not have put him on the subway if I thought I was putting him in danger. Because I actually love my son. I love my older son, who I didn't put on the subway at age nine because he didn't ask. So what, what really transpired is that our son was asking me and my husband if we would let him, if we would take him someplace he had never been before and let him find his own way home. 
by public transportation, subway and bus. And we discussed it, my husband and I, and we thought we're on the subways all the time. They are crowded. I think crowded means safe, safety in numbers. They are, you know, vaguely efficient. Okay, they're a little dirty. You know, sometimes you see a rat, but they're not dangerous. And my son was very familiar with them because that's how we get around in New York. And so I thought of it as pretty much the equivalent of letting your kid in the suburbs ride his bike to the library, except it's New York City. So I said, okay. And when I brought him for that fateful day uh, to the train, I, I brought him to the subway stop at Bloomingdale's, which is, you know, Bloomingdale's. It's, this it's is a, on it's, Manhattan's Upper East Side. It's on Manhattan's Upper East Side. It's a, you know, it's a, it's an expensive zip code. It's filled with shoppers. It was a sunny Sunday afternoon. And, um, and he'd been on the subway line many times before. And so he had just had to take it a couple of stops down and then get out and then take this really slow bus that goes across town. And I felt he was capable of it. And, and he was. And so, um, you know, I didn't put him on the subway at three in the morning. It wasn't the South Bronx. It wasn't China where he doesn't speak the language. It was something that he was familiar with. And, and what was the reaction when you wrote that <laughs> right. column that and said, great. this is what I did? This is what I did. Um, my, my, my son says he's responsible for my entire career, which is sort of true. <laughs> um, but a month and a half after that, I wrote this column. And uh, that night the phone rang. And it was, first of all, it was the Howard Stern show, which I was like, you know, I, I crossed my legs and put on a robe. I was like, what are you calling me for? Oh, my God. You know, I'm I'm really old and I'm married. And I'm straight. And I, you know, I just, uh, you know, you're not even in my fantasies, Howard. But it didn't matter. He, uh, uh, in the end, he didn't have me on. But the, the next phone call was the Today Show. And, um, you know, it was like a Kardashian moment. Howard and the Today Show both wanted me. Uh, and uh, once I was on the Today Show... That just opened the floodgates of the media. And by, by the end of the week, I'd been on MSNBC, Fox News, NPR. And that's when I started my blog because I, I felt like people thought I didn't care whether my son lived or died. And I, I wanted to correct that misperception. And, and so um, the blog originally said that, um, you know, I believe in or free rangers. I called it free range kids. And I said, we believe in helmets, car seats, seat belts. Mouth guards. If you, your wives had invited me to the baby shower, the gift I always bring to a baby shower is a fire extinguisher. So I, I believe in safety. I just don't believe our kids need a security detail every time they leave the house. Yeah, you've said uh, you think you feel like our kids these days are wrapped in bubble wrap. Helicopter parenting, whatever it is, it's it's a common phenomenon that seems to be around the world now, and this is just. Originally, I thought I was pushing back against helicopter parenting. Gradually, I realized it's. If entire countries are going crazy like this with fear and and uh, like Rhode Island even proposed a law that would not allow a child to get off a school bus before seventh grade without an adult waiting at the school bus stop to chaperone them home. That's not helicopter parenting. That is a culture gone crazy with fear that believes it can control every single circumstance and every single second of a child's life. And so I'm not saying parents, whoa, you guys are nuts. I'm saying Culture, whoa, you're nuts. So, you know, let, let me take the, uh, the kind of uh, devil's advocate role. So, yeah, we're incredibly overprotective. We're, we're, we're watching out for every little thing in our kids' lives. And, um, but what's the harm in it? I mean, you know, they're going to grow up. Um, you know, won't they be just fine? I actually think they will be, um, ironically enough. I think most kids, if they're given love and food 
are going to turn out okay. And one of the things I think that is driving us crazy as parents is the idea that we have to do everything absolutely right, otherwise all bets are off. If you eat, you know, uh, a hostess Twinkie while you're pregnant, forget it, you know. <laughs> that's what, if you read what to expect, which you guys probably didn't because you're guys. I, I know it very right, well. Right, right. I did. You did. <laughs> See, well, that's a crazy culture. Why are the guys reading pregnancy books? Oh, my God. Put it down. You know, the, the newest issue of, the, the newest version of what to expect actually has on the cover now with more symptoms than ever. Yay! <laughs> right, because you thought it was gas. So um, I, I do think that everybody is going to be pretty okay, and that's one of the things, it's one of the reasons I don't think we do have to worry so much about our kids, and we don't have to hover so much. And basically, we're living in the safest times in human history, and we're lucky. And I feel like if anybody came from the past, like 100 or 200 years ago, and was dropped into our modern-day society, they'd say, oh, you got rid of diphtheria? I can't believe it. You mean no more horses are running crazy in the street and kicking kids in the head? That's just great. Safe water? Oh, my God. No famine? This is great. I guess I have nothing to worry about. We'd say, oh, yes, you do. What if your child has to walk home from the bus stop? That's what I'm trying to do. I'm just trying to give a little perspective that we are lucky and our kids are pretty safe. Now, usually when I prepare for this show, I yeah. read lots of web science and maybe even Good. read a book and oh, articles. <laughs> so but far. The, but the best bit of, pre- of preparation I did this morning was to speak to my son, my oh, 24-year-old son, Harry. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> I said, do you think we've been over-controlling? And he said, no. And then he launched into this thing. He said, you know, you just, you parents, you're always talking about parenting skills and parenting tactics. And yeah. he said, you know, a kid is going to do what a kid's gonna do. Unless, I mean, look me right in the eye, and he used slightly, slightly more colorful language than that. But, mm, but, mm. and his point was, mm-hmm. hey, you can talk about all this all you want, mm-hmm. but to, to to Jim's point, he turned out okay. It sounds like he did, but 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 actually, when you say a kid's gonna do what a kid's gonna do, that's true if you give them a little. You know, leeway. If you give them a little free time, I was just railing on my site because I can't stop railing um, about this Subaru ad that somebody sent me. Um, and and mamas sh- don't let your babies grow up to be cowboys with the kids. Oh, uh, I didn't see that one. Let's hear that one. It, well, this is the one where the kids are in the uh, the Seven Eleven and yeah. they're they're running, making all kinds of havoc. Oh, I and, haven't seen and it. And yeah. while the mother's filling up the car, and then it uh-huh. cuts to. You know, wouldn't you rather have a car with really high mileage so you can keep your kids safely strapped in the seats while wow. you drive around? Isn't that? The, I thought that was the wow, same. Wow, that's really interesting. That's that's interesting on so many levels because, um, of course, it's illegal now in 19 states to let to have your kids wait in the car even while you pay for gas, which is crazy what? that that should be illegal. Oh my god, it, it, you got to go read my stuff on kids and cars. Um, kids are actually less safe in parking lots than they are waiting in a car, but because we're so obsessed with the idea that anytime a child is in a car, they will die of hyperthermia or be kidnapped, <laughs> it is now the law in 19 states that you're not allowed to let your kid and it's different ages, 6, 7 or 8, you know, under those ages or 5 minutes or 10 minutes wait in the car. New Jersey just to give you one quick example. Where you, where you cannot You cannot let your, your kid gas. wait in the car. But here's the New Jersey case. So in New Jersey, a mom goes to the mall, 18-month kid in the back seat, falls asleep. She knows her errand is going to take five to ten minutes, which it does. And when she comes out, there's been somebody, you know, we're all deputized with our cell phones, right? And we're all good Samaritans. We're all stopping crime in progress, which generally means stopping a mom from doing anything that is convenient. And... Um, 911 was called. The cops come. She's arrested for child abuse and neglect. Gets on the child and abuse and neglect registry. Did you know there's a registry in every state? There is. Um, a lot of people on it for doing things like this. So she um, is found guilty. She appeals. Goes to a three-judge appeals court. 
And they decide, um, you know, the child slept through the whole thing. It was not a boiling hot day. It was not more than 10 minutes. Everyone agrees it wasn't more than 10 minutes. It was in a in a low-crime neighborhood. Um, and yet she was found guilty yet again of abuse and neglect because the judges ruled we can't, we don't even have to list all the horrible things that could have happened. And I call this fantasy as policy simply because you can imagine what if I'm you know what if somebody stole the car what if somebody threw a brick through the window what if the mom decided to take a job at uh, Macy's while she was there returning a shirt then what how widespread is this problem is society gripped by fear about what could happen to our children yeah I mean it's completely gripped by fear and it's it is you know, it's actually more widespread than worrying about what could happen to our children. I call it worst first thinking. We have been trained. We think it's smart and prudent to always imagine the worst case scenario first, worst first thinking, and proceed as if it's likely to happen. The idea is that somehow we think that there's some way to get to a zero risk solution in every situation, especially involving children, and it is taking away the parent's ability to make any rational. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today decisions. There's the case of Eitan Patz, this six-year-old boy who was killed years ago in New York, had a great deal of coverage, not only locally but nationally. Did that have an impact on parenting, on the way people view risk for their children? It had a huge impact. It was 1979, I think. And... Um, the working assumption on the part of at least the public, if not the police, at the beginning was he must have been taken by a lovelorn woman who wanted to raise him as her own son. So at that point, we did not automatically go to a predator scenario. That had not become the um, the ingrained fear of every American parent. Um, and since then, it has. So yes, it's had a huge impact. And matter of fact, oftentimes when I say, let your kids do X or Y, they're going to be pretty safe. People still bring up that case. You know, we don't bring up the fact that since then, I, I did the, the calculations, and 120 other children, 120 million other children have been age six in America who haven't been taken from the bus stop, but we focus on the one who was. I'm writing a book about disasters right now, big man-made disasters, ooh, uh-huh. like, you know, like the space shuttle and, and oh, BP yeah. oil spill. And one of the things that keeps coming up is um, that sometimes certain safety systems Our actually worst. create their own type of risk. Mm-hmm. Um, and one kind of interesting example, on the BP oil platform, 
They had all these safety rules. In fact, they were winning an award. The day it blew up, they won a big award for having a very, very safe operation. <laughs> you should um, see my jaw. It is uh, on my chair. Wow. <laughs> uh, and um, But one of the rules was they didn't want any fights on the platform, and so no one was allowed to carry a pocket knife. <gasps> and when, uh, as the rig was burning oh, uh, and no. blowing up, they... Um, there was the last group to get off the rig was in was in a little you know lifeboat right. tied to one of the legs oh, of the don't platform. Don't tell me they couldn't get it off. And they couldn't get it off because nobody had a pocket knife. Oh my god! And one of the guys had to actually swim out to another boat and to get a <gasps> knife in order to um, to just untie themselves. So the simple rule that makes sense in one scenario, it takes away the flexibility. Right, you for have people. to have flexibility to think and to to react to real life. And if your whole life is only thinking up the worst case scenarios, I wish they thought up that one. What if the dinghy is stuck to you well, know? Well, well you know, one of the, the le- one of the lessons of this is you can never think up everything. Right, but in, we think uh, we can. Yeah, but we yeah. think we can. And right. and and um, not giving people flexibility to use their own common sense. And I feel like with children. Um, giving them the opportunity to be somewhat flexible and, and, mm-hmm. and, you know, instead of having to follow every strict rule, it's like, well, if this doesn't work, maybe, Try that. you know, we know we know we want you to get home. Maybe you mm-hmm. have to walk down a different street, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. if this one's blocked off. And, and that's okay if you make that decision. You got to make some decisions. I mean, taking away kids' ability to make some decisions because they're, they're ferried everywhere, everything is done for them, is crippling. I mean, mm-hmm. we all say we want to have people who think big and they're problem solvers and they're entrepreneurs. It's like, you can't think big if you can't even figure out your own route home or if you're going to have a snack before homework or homework before the snack. If all these, if, if, if you are, you know, here's one of my things that I talk about. In the old days, old days being when I was young, um, you walked to school and you got there, it was called arrival, right? And then you left and it was dismissal, right? Arrival and dismissal. And now it's drop off and pick up because the kids are like packages. The show is called How Do We Fix It? Yeah, and our guest funny. is Lenore Skenazy of Free Range Kids. And if you're interested in what Lenore is saying, and I sure am, uh, your Twitter handle is Free Range Kids? Here's the deal. The blog uh, uh, is Free Range Kids. The book is Free Range Kids. The Twitter handle is Free Range Kids. We're going to talk about solutions in a minute, but Great. I want to ask you about the why this has happened the role that is the book yeah <laughs> right. i know that you don't blame parents but how much of a role has media played uh, the six o'clock at, news media is at the top of my list but not just the six o'clock news because after the six o'clock news comes obviously law and order you know we are constantly being told that they the children are in danger because this is a story I won't say it cynically. It's not just that, I mean, I think people do believe it, but it's the best story that the media has ever come up with for keeping us glued to the screen. Fear sells. Yeah. Fear sells. and, and Fear so drives ratings. Fear drives ratings. And then another way fear is sort of shoved down our throats is that there's a marketplace that recognizes that the easiest dollar to get is the dollar from the wallet of a worried parent. The apotheosis of this is there are there are all these little doodads you can buy now. The one that I remember the name of is called the Owlet, which is a little device that you strap on your baby's uh, foot when they're um, asleep in their crib. The healthy baby has come home from you know. From so it's like an ankle bracelet. It's sort of for babies. It's more like a sock. Um, anyways, the point is that it's it's loaded <laughs> up with probably more technology than sent us to the moon, and it gives you your phone an instant and continuous readout of your child's. Um, heart rate, temperature, movement, and my favorite, their blood oxygen level. Wow. 
Yeah. And, why? And, why? That's my question. Why? I'll tell you why. Because if they can scare you into thinking, well, if you don't know it, what if something bad happens? Once again, it's this worst first thinking. What if your child's blood oxygen level drops to perilously low levels and your iPhone isn't alerting you? It's like, oh, I don't want that to happen. It's like, well, get this and it will give you peace of mind. It doesn't give you peace of mind. It suddenly makes you worried about something that I didn't even know existed, which was blood oxygen, until this stupid thing came on the market. Well, we rode our bikes to school when we were kids. But not anymore. But, yeah. and, and I often say we have this tendency to uh, romanticize the past, yeah. that everything was so rosy back then, and catastrophize the present, when in fact, we're actually mm-hmm. much safer today than when, are, when, than when I was a kid. We are at the, we're back to the crime level of 1963, and so if your parents let you do anything on your own, ride your bike, play outside, go to the park, when you were a kid, they were letting you out when it was more dangerous. Not that it was horribly dangerous, but they could still keep perspective because they didn't have this 24-hour news cycle. They didn't have instant readouts to their phones. They didn't have cell phones. In a way, cell phones make you more nervous. By being so controlling Mm -hmm. and so risk-averse and worried about fear, what are we missing out on as families? Is it laughter? Is it responsibility for our kids? Talk about the positive side Mm -hmm, of letting mm -hmm. go. Well, what I've learned, and I didn't know this before I started, um, is that free time for kids seems like it's it's either wasted or possibly dangerous now. But it turns out that it's this great thing for kids. And when I was doing the research for my book, I became convinced that that was true. And I actually let my kids stop taking, thank God, thank God, their music lessons, um, which were painful to all concerned. And we were living in a small apartment. It was just awful. They weren't interested. We couldn't stand the music, quote unquote music. And, um, and then they could start having some free time. And it turned out that when they had free time, one of my sons, the older one, the non-subway rider, um, started going every afternoon to the bookstore and reading comic books, which I think led to his fascination with political science. And the other son started playing more outside, and now he's a jock. You know, kids learn so much just by playing. Imagine them going to the park with just one other friend. What happens? Well, they have to figure out something to do, which is already a skill that so many of us don't have. Um, they have to decide what's in, what's out, what's fair. So, and, and so we've taken that away, that opportunity to do all of that negotiation, all of that learning um, in, in the interest of these sort of top-down, highly directed activities. So, that's exactly it. So as Richard said, the show is How Do We Solutions. Fix Solutions. Yes, yes, yes. Let's get so to solutions. Let, so, right. uh, and you have some ideas on, on several different levels. Why don't you oh walk God, us through so your, ideas. Your, solutions. your solutions? Solutions. Okay. Let's talk about – we were talking about solutions at the, like the, the parent level and then the community level and then the government level. Yeah, let's level. start with parents. Parents, um, I give a lot of lectures, and uh, one thing that I do at them, uh, the easiest part of my lecture, frankly, is when I ask people to, I've given them all the reasons why we're so afraid, and I say, all right, now I just want you to stop for a second and think back on something that you absolutely loved doing as a kid. You guys can do this right now. Something that you loved doing as a child that you don't let your own kids do. And then I walk away from the microphone and I say, talk amongst yourselves. And there's always a little pause. People are a little, you know, and then then it's deafening. It's like, oh, my God, we had so much fun. Oh, I would take my dirt bike. Oh, we got up in the morning and we didn't come back even for a sandwich. And, oh, we went to the park and we rode our bikes. The streetlights came on and this and that. And we went. Everybody except me, apparently, used to go to – maybe I lived in an already developed neighborhood. They used to go to where – um, houses were being built, you know, yes. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. You guys did. <laughs> construction sites were the best. Construction yeah. sites, that's so yeah. interesting. I can't remember seeing a construction site as a child. Um, yeah, so they would play in the half-built homes, 
and um, hide and go seek or whole neighborhood, you know, versions of tag and capture the flag and basically capture your friends and humiliate them. But anyways, the point is, um, I asked them afterwards, I say, oh, so tell me what you did. And, you know, they're, they're a glow. You guys are a glow right now, <laughs> right? Thinking back on it. And I say, well, listen, you know, it's interesting that you loved doing this so much and you're here tonight to hear a whole lecture about parenting because you obviously love your kids and you're giving them, you know, Kumon and Stanley Kaplan and tutoring and um, organic kale shakes. Yuck. And um, you're giving them, you know, a nice neighborhood to live in and, and a fine education. Why aren't you giving them the thing that you value the most as a kid? And then they go... Hmm. And they've heard my whole lecture about how it's safer now than it was when we were kids and stuff. So so what I would re- recommend for parents is simply that. Um, be honest with yourself about something that you love doing and whether there is a real reason, a real safety issue for why you won't let your own kids do it or whether it's just sort of fallen by the wayside because we've just gotten so used to ferrying our children everywhere. I might I might draw the line at one thing I loved doing as a kid. I'm not going to let my kids run behind the truck spraying the DDT oh, yeah, clouds. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Only because my, there that, are no more wife, DDT trucks. My wife did that too in California. They I remember it. the DDT. I was yeah. like, there was excitement. There was the there was the ice cream guy and, the and there was the spray. DDT guy. Yeah. <laughs> Both exciting. <laughs> <laughs> okay, communities. Because there's a lot communities can do. Like there get rid are. of a lot of stupid laws. Yeah, um, I'm going to go from communities, I'm going to go to schools. I have the teachers talk to the kids about the olden days a little bit or independence so they can read a book, whatever. The point is the teachers then say to the kids, go home tonight and ask your parents if there's one thing that you feel you're ready to do that for one reason or another you haven't done yet. And, And if you, you know, if they let you do it and you write a little essay about it or a poem or a poster or whatever, it'll be extra credit. And so um, the things that they ask to do are not bungee jumping. It's like, you know, can I walk the dog this once? How about I make dinner? Um, Can I ride my bike to school tomorrow? Government. Government. What can government do? I'll get to it really quickly. I think you've got to run. Um, So uh, because I'm worried about the parents who are arrested for letting their children wait in the car or walk home from the park or play in the backyard or any of that – I started realizing that there has to be an overarching idea that gives parents back the prerogative to raise their children the way they see fit so long as they're not putting them in an absolute obvious and immediate danger. So um, I, uh, on my site, there's the Free Range Kids and Parents Bill of Rights, which I would like to see towns and cities and countries <laughs> adapt or adopt, whatever it is. They, they should do it. They should pass it. And it's one sentence. The Bill of Rights is one sentence long. It says... Our children have the right to some unsupervised time with our permission, and we have the right to give it to them without getting arrested. Simple as that. It's a good way to end. <laughs> I think so, too. Lenore oh, Skenazy. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Before we get to the solutions on today's show, we really want to take a second to thank all the people who've gone into the iTunes store and rated our podcast and reviewed it. We've gotten some really great feedback, and we read everyone. Your your input on what we're doing and how we're doing it is really useful. It really is not only useful, but it just makes us feel good. And and here's, here are a couple of examples. Neat show by Whirlin Wiz Ford. I'm not sure who that is, but uh, he writes, really neat format. Love the way they discuss the issues and keep the content moving forward. Uh, looking forward to future episodes. Keep up the great work. Well, thanks. Thanks. 
Lenore Skenazy, Free Range Kids. What a great guest. Well, you know, I mean, usually we, we talk over like all the things we might not agree on and stuff. I'm just wholeheartedly on board with this, her whole project. Me too. Me too. The one thing I'm saddened by, though, is thinking about this. All of the good times that children could have if they weren't so controlled and hovered over by these helicopter parents. Well, I would also say, and some bad times. You know, when we were kids, all kinds of bad things happened to us. You know, embarrassing things. Uh, I can remember, I mean, one a horrible little thing when I was a kid running around in bare feet uh, that happened to be a few times in my childhood is you'd step in dog do. You know, well, did you did you run screaming to your mom? No, you went to the hose and you washed your foot off, and you didn't even tell your mother right. that this yeah. really yeah. this disgusting, creepy thing had happened. You just, you know, it was bad. You remembered it as a bad thing, and you went on and you got over it. But I'm I'm proud of one thing as a parent that I wasn't so proud of before. As a result of this conversation, is both of our kids had casts from <laughs> accidents they had on on swing sets yeah, yeah and and both live to tell the story and and are i think less fearful as a result of those accidents well, you know when i was growing up i mean i became a rock climber and you know did all kinds of, of crazy stuff i watched my kids um skateboarding a lot when they were young kids need some danger they need those scraped knees they if they don't get the danger on a skateboard they're going to seek an edgy high adrenaline experience somewhere else and maybe a lot less safe in the end I remember that wonderful scene in Charlotte's Web, uh, the great children's book by E.B. White, where all of the kids are in a barn, and they're on the second floor, and they jump onto a rope and slide down to the floor, and not one kid is injured. Because if children are well aware of these risks, or they develop a sense of understanding risk for themselves, then they're much better armed for the future. Yeah, and a few injuries aren't the worst thing. You know, I think we're seeing today, too often, we see kids in college now, you know, so hypersensitive. I mean, if you're following the whole debate about trigger warnings and and all the extreme sensitivity towards uh, any kind of political speech or ideas that might be disagreeable or upsetting, it's like they're little hothouse flowers that have never, you know, been forced to to confront uh, an idea that, that upset them. And, you know, how are these poor people going to function in the world if they can't even, you know, read Hamlet without a trigger warning? Our thanks to producer Miranda Schaefer, audio engineer Denise Barbarita at Mono Lisa Studio here in New York. The music you're hearing is by Lou Stravinsky. Send questions and suggestions to our website, howdowefixit.me. That's howdowefixit.me. And this show is produced by Davies Content, which produces digital audio for companies and nonprofits. Thanks for listening. Are we done? Okay. Yeah, and I like it when we're interrupting each other. And, oh, me too. And Especially know, when I'm in. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Interrupting you. Oh, of course, yeah. Right. <laughs>